All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. I'm your host and commish, riding shotgun, the Denver Desert Dog, Matt Kozlowski. Joining me tonight from Phil's car, obviously, is Phil Bruce. How you doing, buddy? Great to be here, Matt. We'll be multitasking as the lead captain and driver of this road trip and what will sure to be an embarrassing display of golf later this afternoon. I will also add, uh, Seawolves again, number one on the scoreboard, number one in your hearts. Great to be in this position that I find myself in every year, first week in November. We'll see what happens. I, I kind of already know what happens, but it's going to be fun nonetheless. Thank you for a rather mellow introduction about yourself. Uh, joining us in the backseat from Take Your Ball and Go Home, Shane Stein. Yeah, riding bitch back here, um, <laughs> as usual. <laughs> but uh, great to be here, Matt. Thanks for having me. Uh, T-Bag showing some heart last week. Got a big win against uh, the franchise. Get back uh, to 500. Run through the uh, our storms portion of the season here as we get the sad dogs this this week, and uh, we'll touch on how sad that is. I think later in the matchups, um, if anyone's taking a look at their roster this week. So um, yeah, great to be here. Excited, looking forward to it. Showing some heart, beating the Fleetwood franchise without Jamar Chase, <laughs> Brees Hall, and Javante Williams. It's a real. Real gutty effort. Hey, it's a matchup league. It's a matchup league. You got to beat the team in front of you, um, and that's that's what we did last week. Took care of business. You don't like it. Plenty of other leagues. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as Phil mentioned, we are on a little bit of a road trip. First time we're doing the pod in person in a very long time. A little closer quarters than we normally do it, but we're gonna make the best of it. So bear with us. Hopefully, we don't have to hear any screeching brakes or anything. Um, and I know a lot of you guys look forward to listening to this on Friday morning, so we're going to get this out ASAP. Shane, give us some trivia. Uh, I do have a question for you guys. World Series season. You may have to speak up a little bit, too, because of where the phone is. My uh, internet just went to go crap, so I'm pulling it up here. Uh, all right. So, a question we've done before in the past, trying to make it easy on you guys since we're driving here. Um, Adrian Peterson, still considered active, with 126 touchdowns in his career. Pretty impressive. Phil's already laughing. He is active. He's fighting people. Yeah. Yeah. He's, a, he's an active boxer now. Um, there are 12 active players that have at least 60 touchdowns looking for the other 12 guys that have at least 60 touchdowns we go with the king derrick henry derrick henry is fourth on the list 75 touchdowns tied for fourth we go with the new acquisition for the denver desert dogs Devonte adams Devonte adams is third 78 touchdowns. Todd Gurley did officially retire last week, so... He's not on this list. Yeah. <laughs> We're not talking Todd Gurley. <laughs> He's got to make an appearance on every pod, though. We know that. Um, now that we have fulfilled that requirement, let's see who else I can 
throw in there to embarrass myself with. Hmm. You guys got the two reasons for the question. I figured I'd give you two easy ones, both on your teams. Get you jump started. Phil's second guess, always giving him trouble. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, and the driving element here, and it's, it's a recipe for an early exit, exit stage left. Let's go... Run CMC. Run CMC is not on this list. <laughs> uh, my list only goes to fifth guys that have 52, and he so he does not have 52 yet. He's probably right on the border, or maybe well, you just need to update the list. Uh, he has 52, actually. He was, Thank he you. He was the next guy on, that wasn't you. showing. We always think it's more embarrassment than it actually is, guys. Come on. Well, there's a player that caught four of them in one game this year. I think he's going to be on this list. Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey has 67 touchdowns. Wow. He is on this list, number 12. Wow. Well, so there's 13, so he's there's one other guy below him. There 13, including Peterson. <clears throat> okay. Hmm. So we already got the reason for the question, so there's no trick here. It's not a receiving yard question with Kelsey as an answer. Um... I feel like there's still a couple gimme's yeah, on Yeah, no, there are. I'm just having a tough time thinking of what they are. <laughs> um, really racking my brain here as I make a fairly dangerous merge. <laughs> hmm. I don't think it's anything in the AFC North. Jamar Chase isn't on this list. Jamar, I know. I, I terrified to throw out Joe makes it on one of these again. <laughs> oh man. This is awful radio. Ba- All right, pass, pass. <laughs> Come back, Mike Evans. Mike Evans, number two. 79 touchdowns. Pretty, uh, pretty sure this guy's going to the hall. Yeah, definitely. Oh, man. You're killing me. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just Dude, blanking. I'm rhythm here. I'm blanking. Oh. I'll try to help you how, out. How here, about Phil. how about um, how about Zeke? Zeke Elliott on the list. He's number six, seventy-two touchdowns. DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins tied for eighth, sixty-nine touchdowns. You're going too fast. You're taking too long. I'm able to think <laughs> while you're thinking. Speaking of close quarters, I, I can just feel the COVID going back and forth <laughs> between us. You give it to me, I give it right back to you. We're so close. Um, how about Tyreek Hill? Most dangerous man in the league with the ball in his hands. 69 touchdowns as well, tied for eighth. Hmm. 
which was actually surprising. I, I didn't know he had that many. That's, he's still relatively young. How many pouches are in that bottle? Uh, Mark Ingram? Great pull. I thought that was going to be one wow. of the harder ones. Tied for fourth with, with the King. 75 touchdowns. Wow, that's a really good pull. Looking over at the iPad to see if you've got a list going there. Hmm. So you guys got four left. How many? All right, four left. How many running backs? How many receivers? So we have two running backs and two receivers. Receiver. Oh, shit. Julio has to be on this. Julio, only 63 touchdowns. He is on this list. He's the last guy. Kind of a disappointing touchdown career for as great of a player as he is. I said this guy last week, I think, and I was wrong, but I think he's on this list. Adriel Jeremiah Green. I was just about to say, I was going to help fill out, there was an AFC guy that did most of his, his work in the AFC North. A.J. Green is on the list. Okay, so we got two running Number backs. 11 with 68 touchdowns. Oh, God, these are going to be like freaking backups. Didn't even know where they were active. Yeah, this could be like a lap murder. Like, like a gore. Gore <laughs> <laughs> had like 120 or something. I don't know if he's retired. I don't know if you know that Shane's got a whiteboard in his house of all the active touchdown leaders that he's well aware of in this list. Right next to his egg. Uh, Alright, more running backs. I don't think Cook's there. No, he's definitely not. Um, Jones is up there. Um, Don't think Ray Rice is active. (laughs) We'll be right back after the short (laughs) commercial break. Can we cut to a message from one of our sponsors? I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you out here. I, I, this may be wrong, but I'm gonna say Melvin Gordon, formerly the best running back on the Denver Broncos. Uh, Melvin Gordon is on the list. Wow, tied for eighth as well. Wow, with 69 touchdowns. Wow, I feel like I was right about that guy. What a maybe, pull. maybe a couple years too late. What a pull! Got one left. One left. Mm. What place is this guy in? This guy is in seventh. Okay. Has 71 touchdowns. Um, just so I can maybe speed this up a little bit, he's got a couple of couple of rings on his finger of the softful variety. I'm looking for another one this year. AFC or NFC? 
that one should have given it away, um, considering my company. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think who was on one of your teams when you beat the other one, I believe. We, we guessed Todd Gurley. So who was the other big no running way, back? No way, Alvin Kamara? Alvin Kamara. Wow. 71 touchdowns. Wow. Been a, guys, it's a touchdown machine. Yeah. This is, this is only his sixth year. <laughs> 71 touchdowns. It's pretty incredible. Wow. That's Gurley-esque. Yeah, oh it really is. <laughs> no wonder this guy fucking won. Let's, uh... The guy's just scoring touchdowns left and right. Let's raise those pants up from your ankles, Cos, and... <laughs> Get on with the matchups this week, huh? Yeah, we'll get into the week nine matchups. Um, did have some trades happen. Um, I don't think we've had anything since the deadline, though. Or since uh, last week's podcast. Maybe at one, I think it was Deontay Johnson and some money for T. Higgins. Um, but overall, I thought it was a pretty decent deadline. It, kind of got bottlenecked with a lot of teams that were still in the hunt um, and a couple of the teams that were out sold uh, in the last couple weeks so kind of went without too much action thought Josh Allen might get moved but didn't happen was that Wednesday night yeah the deadline was yeah Yeah. I'm surprised Mixon didn't get moved yeah that one's probably my fault (laughs) Uh, Ty did Tyrus did make me an offer or ask if I wanted Mixon. I just was so busy at work, I didn't even think about it and forgot that he had messaged me. I probably should have made a move for him, considering my running back room, but um, yeah, I was surprised that he didn't go. Yeah, I, I don't I don't get it. I, I made a, a pretty reasonable offer. He, he wanted more, but then to see him just stay on the team for nothing, I, I, I thought he would have gotten, he would have just taken whatever the best offer was, rather than play it out, because I don't know what Mixon on the... I, I know you guys weren't all that opposed to him being a keeper this year at $60 or whatever he was, but I don't see there much value, there being much value in him holding on to him through the, the rest of the season and into next year. I likely have some blame in this as well. I think I did a bad job of reminding everyone when the deadline was, <laughs> but I, too, have uh, work commitments, and I had already bought everyone I wanted to buy, so why, why, why call attention? Well, at some point, you have to give some responsibility to the owners to, to stay on top of things. You can't do everything and just keep spoon-feeding the league over and over. Um, I had a I had a good idea that the deadline was Wednesday. I, I always forget if it's noon or if it's midnight. But And the amount of text going back and forth, I think there was a pretty good understanding that that's what it was. Well, let's do our first matchup. Shane already alluded to it. This one got called last night. Uh, take your ball and go home against the Mad Dogs. Sad Dogs. Right now, ESPN projection of 123.3 for take your ball and go home. And a 47-point projection for the Mad Dogs. Uh, Pierce with 14.9. Miles Sanders at 15. Um, you know, we eliminated the $5 draft cap draft cap penalty last year um, thanks to the steel curtain and the sad dogs found themselves in a similar situation this week no one really to drop um, guys that would be immediately scooped up on the waiver wire if they dropped them so he will play this week likely without a quarterback and without a running back Shane is the beneficiary 
Um, start off on the sad dog side. New addition to the squad. Kansas City recently traded for Kadarius Tony from the Giants. Um, thought that was an interesting trade. Definitely some juice in Tony. What do you guys think about that trade? And if there's any prospects rest of the season for the Chiefs' new wide receiver? Yeah, clearly some talent there. Um, obviously, it wasn't working out in New York. Wasn't happy there. They weren't happy with him. Um, can't ask for a much better fit to go to if you're if you're Tony. Um, you get an instant, incredible quarterback upgrade. You go from an average quarterback play to the best you got pretty much in the league. Um, don't know that I think it's going to be impactful this week. Um, I can't imagine that he plays a ton of snaps. Um, but something to definitely keep on the radar for, for down the stretch and see how they use him. Um, seems like they just have endless endless weapons that just keep coming popping up in Kansas City. So something to keep an eye on. Yeah, it, it's interesting because it I, I don't know if there were some recent injuries at the Chiefs or, or what the reason was. Sky Moore stinks. Yeah, he's no good. Uh, but it's hard mid-season for receivers to come into an offense, even with the upgrade at the quarterback position, it's hard to come into the offense and play full snaps and have a good understanding of the playbook that first few weeks. It's going to take some time to get him involved, but upgrade at the quarterback position, Daniel Jones and him just weren't on the same page, couldn't get him the football in space. You got to like it, but it might be a few weeks and you have to hold on to it as an investment. Feels like they're trying to maybe recreate Tyreek Hill here by adding yeah. him. Yep. Little uh, questionable off-field guy. Uh, <laughs> speedy little dude and uh, see what they can do with him. So they'll be running the Hardman-Tony stack this week. Um, on the teabag side, man, disappointing for you to have to waste your awesome matchups this week against a five-man roster, but there's some good ones. Herbert and Everett at Atlanta. Diggs and Hill are just, you know, obviously auto auto studs. Amon Ross St. Brown gets Green Bay. Aaron Jones gets Detroit. He had memorably four touchdowns against them last year to beat me on Monday night. Um, so let's just let's do an easy one here for you. Tyree Kill and Stephon Diggs over under. 250 receiving yards between the two of them this week. Wow. <laughs> You're really wow. juicing up these totals now because we never bet the under. Not an under podcast, but geez. Uh, yeah, it's kind of been that year, kind of year for me so far. I feel like uh, yeah, this week I feel like I could have beat a, a lot of the teams in the league. I feel like I have some pretty good matchups. You got to love, like you spoke of. Um, I feel like it's going to be a good week for T-Bag, but um, to answer the question, I mean, 250, that is... So let me put this in some context before you guys get goofy here on me. There's a 50% chance based on recent weeks that Tyreek Hill is going to go for 160 or more yards. He's done it four out of eight weeks. I don't think that's how stats work. And there is a 75% chance that Stephon Diggs is going to go over 100 yards. Nate Silver's eyes just rolled into the back of his head. Ugh, I, don't I mean, know who that is, but they are. I, I he's actually, the NBA commissioner, right? Yeah. I, I didn't even realize, but they are one and two in your receiver rankings. Yes. Um, it's not close either. 
been been pretty great. But I think I got to take the under. I mean, two fifty is a lot. Um, and yeah, just take the under. I just keep thinking those guys would look great in Sea Wolf Blue. <laughs> Such a shame. I'm gonna go under. Uh, according to those stats, I, I'm looking at a 75% chance of hitting the over here. Uh, they're going to feast, and we might see the first ever elusive quad up in this matchup. So, <laughs> throw, you just take the under and then throw, say they're yeah, going to feast? No, I took the over. No, you said, you said under. under. I, I meant over. I meant over, uh, and it's going to be a quad up. Put four asterisks <laughs> next to this matchup to keep an eye on for Sunday and Monday. Phil looks like we have the makings of a juicy SGP oh, plus. SGP plus. Power up. 100 and a score for each digs and hill this week. Mike, I know you're going to be riding that SGP with us, but we all <laughs> take uh, take the sad dogs to get crushed here. Can we uh, sprinkle in some DJ Moore props for the, for the multiplier <laughs> on that? No. Hey, guys been pretty good the past two weeks, huh? But, uh, yeah, 100 and a score last week was the play. But, um, yeah, there's 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 just not enough here. I mean, Mad Dogs can't really compete unless they somehow score a bunch of unknown touchdowns from somewhere. So, uh, take myself. All right, next game, Curtin against the Flock. Uh, flock projected for 96 points, Curtin for 82. On the Flock side, we got Burrow, Jonathan Taylor, Kenny Walker, KW3. Uh, Christian Kirk, T. Higgins, Mark Andrews, DeAndre Swift, Devin Singletary, and every possible Ravens running back on his bench. On the curtain side, Derek Carr, looked more like David Carr last week, Antonio Gibson, Raheem Mozart, Gabe Davis, Darnell Mooney, Hayden Hurst, Garrett Wilson, and Marvin Jones Jr. Um, we'll start off on the flock side. We'll talk about Devin Singletary. Um, gets the Jets this week. He's RB32. Hasn't really been outstanding. We saw the Bills go out and make a move for Naheem Hines this week. Um, do you guys think that that cuts into Singletary long term, or is he still the running back if you have to play one in Buffalo? It's him. Talk about. I mean, if you're, you're making a list of the most frustrating fantasy players to own, I guess, for the past couple of years, um, I feel like there's just so much more there and yeah. it doesn't get utilized. Um, I, I don't know what to think of it. I mean, he hasn't really... I mean, I've been waiting for him to be used more in the passing game there, but it, it just never really come to fruition. Obviously a good offense, and I, I think he's a good player, but just never really going to be a bell cow guy and he's always just going to be kind of a flex running back it seems like that's what you got to live with I mean I don't have much more else than that what what Singletary's ranking this season 32 RB 32 32 if you were listening if you've been paying attention has only scored one tutter one touchdown yeah it's been a disappointing year but if I'm owning one running back in that back it's him I think Hines is going to play that Zach Moss change of pace role. They're obviously not sold on Cook for whatever reason because they are not using him and getting him put into the offense like I I thought they would. 
I'm not out on him yet. I still think he's going to finish in the RB2 category, despite a, a slower start than a lot of people expected. So I, I, I still I still like him, and I'm high on him, and I, I think he'll get more touches, and we'll see less of the Josh Allen running moving forward. Well, I was just about to say, I mean, it, to me, it's the Bills are all in on, on Josh Allen being their running back. Yep. I mean... They have he has one he has no rushing touchdowns this year, Devin Singletary. So I mean, it comes to the end of the year. I mean, you I feel like you just about have to have a running back be able to run the ball into the end zone at the at the goal line. I mean, they're all in saying, hey, we're going to give Josh Allen the ball and he's going to do it because I I just feel like there's an inevitable Chiefs matchup coming at some point. You're going to have to be able to run the ball in the red zone against them. I think. Um, so, I mean, they're all in on saying, hey, Josh Allen's our goal linebacker. Yeah, it's crazy to think that this offense is as good as it is, and there's really not a running back that you'd want to own um, on this team unless, of course, you had Josh Allen. So, I agree. I guess Singletary's the, the Bills uh, running back that I would want, but I don't know that I would have any confidence playing him in a week where you have a full lineup and there's not bye weeks. Let's go over to the curtain side. We called it early. Um, we called for the Justin Fields breakout game, and that didn't happen. But the last two weeks have been very good, and his main receiver, other than the newly acquired Chase Claypool, who, you know, minutes after he's traded from Pittsburgh, the first thing he does is make an Instagram post. Shocking, I know, but... Zesty. Um, Darnell Mooney gets a good matchup this week against Miami. Um... What do you guys think Mooney will do this week, um, Sunday, 1 p.m., home against Miami? Man, it's been better. Let's say that. It's, it's looked okay. Still not great. I mean, eight catches the past two weeks, 11 targets. I mean, it, it's been okay. Not great. Still not really a red zone threat. So Miami's shown they can be passed on, though. They've had some games where they've given up some big numbers. Um, I expect more of the same. I expect somewhere in the 60-yard range, maybe four catches. And, uh, that's it. That's where he's at. Tutter? No. No, 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 no Tutter. No Tutter. Yeah. yeah, but he might run one of these long screens in or something. Claypool's eight-yard hitch, is the that's the that's the route that they're going to run. I can't wait to see it. Claypool, nine targets blanketed by DBs nine times, <laughs> catches one of those, complains on the other four for a flag. Uh, yeah, I, he's going to get some run this weekend. Uh, Shane's line... You know we're talking about Mooney. Mooney, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Shane's line's probably pretty accurate. I could see the 60, 60 yards is probably just at what his SGP plus would be coming in at. Maybe a little less. Fields is trending in the right direction but he still seems so far away. Miami's defense is okay. You throw him in the lineup, you're not happy about it, you're not expecting much, and you're really not surprised by any kind of an outcome here. I'm going to say Mooney gets in the end zone this week, gets his first touchdown this year. Um, Hot takes. Yeah. The dynamic Chase Claypool on the other side of the field. <laughs> that means it's going to open things Mooney up for him. Up, yeah. That okay. means I can't wait for the first pass that Mooney throws and bounce or that Fields throws that bounces <laughs> to Claypool, 
and the sidelines are just going to be <laughs> like, you, got, you guys want to get out of here and make some TikToks? Like, yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. I'll take the flock to win big in this one. Uh, not so fast, my friend. <laughs> not so fast. <laughs> God, he's saying drinking Lee Corso juice back there. Quote the Raven. I will take the flock, but I think it's razor thin. Really? Razor thin. Why? I don't, I don't love... You've got to back that up. I mean... Because I, I look at the 82 projection for the steel curtain, and I say that's that's generous. I, I just see some, some concerns on... <clears throat> on the flock side matchups was this week that I don't like um, I, I don't see a whole lot of points coming from that side so I think Curtin are able to keep it close flock, flock, early, flock, flock is early leaders in the clubhouse for top score of the week based on Shane's analysis yep. yeah quote the Ravens the flock take this one also gotta get Justice Hill on that bench only one out there that's not on there yeah how about it even got the tight end, backup tight end. <laughs> well, that's in case Andrews doesn't play this yeah. week. But all right, next game: Team Ice Cream against the Beachman Park Ice Cream. Throwing Devontae Smith in their flex on the Thursday night game for a big three point two. It's bad football. Costing some people a big SGP. Um, <laughs> Four hundred dollars. Uh, ice Cream projected to win one hundred and eight to eighty six right now on the park side. Park running Justin Fields out there, so we got Fields, Etn, Al Al Geyer, uh, DJ Moore, <laughs> Josh Reynolds, Cade Otten, Brandon Schur's doppelganger, um, Michael Carter, and Van Jefferson. So good God, God that team, <laughs> when Chubb's out, man, that team looks bad. Um, on the ice cream side, Mahomes, Kamara, Ceh, Justin Jefferson, Tyler Boyd, Travis Kelsey. DK Metcalf and Devonta Smith. A uh, bunch of buys as well on the ice cream side with Najee, Kittle, Melvin Gordon, and Odell Beckham unavailable this week. Um, <laughs> He's not I, starting? I saw in another league um, that I'm in that I own Patrick Mahomes in that his projection was over 30 points, and that's a four-point passing touchdown league. Um so I'll give you guys Mahomes in our league over 30 points this week, Sunday night against Tennessee. Yeah, this one's interesting for me. Um, usually I'm the big prime time, Sunday night, Monday night football, getting your stars, um, going to be huge. I'm torn, though, because I think Mike Rabel's a pretty good coach. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I don't. I did not think that for a long time. Yeah. I think he's a pretty good coach. He's, I think he knows the way that they're going to have to keep this close is obviously they're going to have to run the football, grind out some six, seven, eight-minute drives. I mean, that's what they do. <laughs> Phil's salivating Whoa. over there. Whoa. God, you can hear the moans. Um, oh, God. Family-friendly podcast. <laughs> so I think I'm going to take the under. I still think Mahomes has a good game. It's, it's, it's tough to hold them down for that long. Um, but I'll take the under slightly. My bold prediction this week, the King is going to outscore Patrick Mahomes. I gave you guys the two-touchdown winner last week with the King. Ride that sucker again. Uh, the question was Mahomes. Mahomes we're we're going to get to our game. <laughs> Mahomes under 30. Uh, I'll take the over. I think it's 
you're looking at three touchdowns from Mahomes. So that's 18. Probably add about 25 to 30 on the ground. So we'll call it 30 just for ease. That's 21. So we really need him to throw for 225. Am I right? Is my math right? Yeah. If you get those numbers, yeah. Yeah. No picks. Yeah. Um, I'll take over 30 for Mahomes. I think he has a good game. And I think even if the Titans are able to grind out some of those five, six-minute drives, the Chiefs will score quick. So that's where I'm at. Um, Let's talk about podcast favorite player, DJ Moore. (laughs) Week 7 against Tampa, 7 for 69 and a score. Week 8 against Atlanta, 6 for 152 and a score and a helmet situation. Um, So over double digits the last two weeks. Get Cincinnati, who we just watched Amari Cooper carve on Monday night. And also, uh, who's your guy? DPJ. He had a good game, too. So, Not good enough. Um, DJ Moore over under 13 points this week at Cincinnati. Yeah, so you're basically asking me, do I think he gets in the end zone um, for the third straight week, I guess, is kind of the question. Been a, been a target monster the last couple weeks, huh? Um, 10 and then 11. You want to trust him, don't you? Just when you want to trust him. <laughs> just when you want to trust him. This guy will break your heart, snap your neck. Um, so I, I, you can't make 11 betting overs when you expect it from DJ Moore. So take the under. Yeah, it's one of those. He's had a, a few good weeks in a row. You fire him in the lineup thinking he's hot, we're ready, and he goose eggs on you. Uh, if the total was five this week, I would go under. He's he's not there. Uh, he's going to no-show the next few weeks, and then he'll sporadically show up rest of the season. I'm hoping he goes under this week because that would mean next week he's likely due. And I don't know if you guys caught the graphics last night. Next Thursday night, we get the Falcons-Panthers rematch. SGP's in play. <laughs> DJ Moore. So, Is anybody out there talking color rush? Or nah, is, is that just no, me? No, not yet. How did you feel about the red uniforms last night? Loved them. Did you? Loved them. You would. Eddie hated them, so that's why I thought you would. Yeah. yeah. I, I could have done without the glossy helmets. Um, maybe a more matte finish would have been nice. I think it's matte. Matte. All right. Um, DJ Moore under 13 points. Uh, I'll take the ice cream to win this one against the Beachman Fodder. Yeah. Um, still think there's enough here, even with the, the poor showing from Devontae last night for the ice cream. Just not enough. Um, not enough on the uh, park side. I think they're going to keep it close, though. I think it keep it relatively close, but let's go ice cream. We're now at the point in the season where it's the haves and the have-nots, and the fodder park are the have-nots. Give me the ice cream big. All right, next game, Redding Renegades fresh off their 175-point week last week against Josh Allen and the Fleetwood franchise. Um, On the Renegades side, we got 102 projection to 86 on the franchise. We got Lamar, Donta Foreman, Dalvin Cook, DeAndre Hopkins, Devin Duvernay, a bunch of D's there, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Kyle Pitts, and Terry McLaurin. 
And then on the franchise side, Josh Allen, Damian Harris, B-Rob J, uh, Robert Woods, Curtis Samuel, Darren Waller, Jarek McKinnon, and Joshua Palmer. Um, we will talk about Dante Foreman. Kind of uh, when McCaffrey got traded, people weren't sure if it was Foreman or Hubbard. If you follow Matthew Barry on Twitter, he was the first to let you know that it's Foreman for him. And boy, has that paid off. 15 for 118 on the ground against Tampa. 26 for 118 and three tutters last week. Can we talk about all the three tutter games last week? <laughs> there was like seven Bunch. of them. Man, that would have been a nice one to have. Um, get Cincinnati this week. And we just saw Chubb and Hunt kind of run all over them on Monday night. How do you guys feel about Donta Foreman uh, for this week and rest of season for the Renegades? I feel really good about it. Um, oddly enough, I never really like do much of the things that the app lets you do. For the last few years, there's only been one player that I've ever clicked on the interested in, and it's been Dante Foreman. <laughs> um, I've always thought the guy's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I, I, I thought he was a, a breakout candidate for, for a, kind of a bell cow running back. thought he was a pretty good player, and, and I, I obviously got to love the situation now. Gaffrey leaves town. I'm not sure that Hubbard is great. So, I mean, obviously they're, they're willing to give him the ball and 20-plus touches. So you got to love the outlook for Foreman. Um, I think he gets in the end zone again this week. And really, really nice big pickup for the Renegades. Adding to what's one of the best rosters in the league. Are people out there with takes saying Hubbard's great? Is that... I'm just saying that I don't think he's the kind of guy that's going to be eating into his workload too much. Yeah, I don't think anybody thinks that. Uh, this is what, like you, Cause, I, I follow many different analysts on Twitter, and this is what frustrates me about our league. After like week two or week three, the one of the guys I follow said, "Hey, here are the players you really need to. They're they're deep stashes, but hold, pick them up, hold on to them." And Deontay Foreman was on that list because there were some rumblings CMC was going to get traded. What I hate about our league is. Even all of those deep stash plays from analysts, like he was already he was already rostered, like there was nothing nothing to be done. But he yeah he's one of those guys. Uh, historically, Sea Wolves have been very much Deontay Foreman truthers and have had him on many different rosters at various points over the last few seasons. I like him. He, he's had some injuries, but he, I'm pretty sure he's he's a good player. And he can handle a full workload. What was the question? I wear many hats in this league. One of them is the fact check Phil. Um, Dante Foreman was added on Friday, October 21st, well after week two. Okay. Um, nice ad by the Renegades. Maybe it was week four. Um, Sorry. Who picked him up the day after McCaffrey was traded in week six or seven. So, um, I, was he, I'm pretty sure he was rostered before that. No, he wasn't. Yeah, you gotta re- refresh the app, reload it. Uh, yeah, a little beast. It looks like beast mode, and uh, yeah, I like Foreman to have a nice game again this week. The Panthers seemed freed, freed by the bindings of Christian McCaffrey. They're able to give other people the football now, and they're succeeding. So nice ad by the Renegades. Um, on the franchise side. 
has not played since week four. Um, definitely fond of this gentleman, but I'm going to call it. Darren Waller's done. He's not fantasy relevant. It's not a thing. We won't even know his name in two years. Yeah, what's the saying about stars shining bright and dying early or something? I don't even know what the saying is, yeah, but that, yeah, it seems like we uh, Yeah, we know it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. Shine bright. <coughs> Shine bright like a diamond, I think, is how Rihanna said it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just dying off kind of early here, and that seems to be the case for Darren Waller. Um, big, uh, big Darren Waller truthers for about a year, year and a half. <laughs> um, everyone thought he was the next big thing. Oh man, this guy's a big athletic tight end. He runs like a wide receiver. Um, seems like the end is near. Just uh, not a whole lot there. Raiders, we spoke about this on the way down here, cause dumpster fire franchise. Um, just pathetic. Not much else to say. I, I think the the end is soon. There's going to be a, just a total another another total rebuild going on in uh, Las Vegas. Yeah, I, look, he he had a very good 18 game stretch, season and a half where he was spectacular, and I'm not sure he's not a really good player still. But it just seems like it's a it's a product of that Raiders offense where they have. They just have weeks where they don't even they don't even show up. They're, they're hitting the casinos a little bit too late the night before. I, I, I hope it's something like that. Not but, for him, man. He doesn't need to be in the casino. No, he he doesn't. Yeah. But if he is there, that's a problem. I I tend to agree. It, he'll probably end up on another team where he'll show some promise and some flash, but then he'll go off and ride into the sunset of irrelevancy. Not even Josh Allen can save the franchise this week. I will take the Reading Renegades to win this one and stay hot. Yeah, hot start to the year for the franchise, but uh, kind of running into it here this part of the season with some some injuries and some guys out. Obviously, the Brees Hall, um, Jamar Chase being out is, is, is not a good combo for this team, not what they needed. Um, let's go Renegades kind of big much talked about roster gets it done give me the renegades all right next game nevermore against bull weevils nevermore got a good outing last night from dallas goddard eight for a hundred and a score still have them as 10 point dogs in this one against the weevils uh weevils running out Tua, josh jacobs david montgomery the hall of famer mike evans the hall of famer cooper cup Evan Ingram, Jalen Waddle, Jacoby Myers, big Jacoby Myers, Truther podcast. Um, Nevermore, Geno Smith, Leonard Fournette, Joe Mixon, Keenan Allen, Alan Lazard, Dallas Goddard, Jamal Williams, and Drake London. I thought the London pickup was a good job with him getting dropped. Um, hasn't been great. He was good in the beginning part of the year, but you never know. Uh, they throw Desmond Ritter out there, quarterback that can actually maybe throw the ball, and maybe he gets some juice and turns into a potential keeper for next year. Nevermore also added Deshaun Watson um, and Calvin Ridley as they're taking a gamble on massaging some talent into their lineup. Uh, so we got on the Nevermore side, 
Uh, let's talk about Keenan Allen. It's been obviously a disappointing start to the season for him with the hamstring injury. Uh, came back in week seven, only had two targets, caught both of them for 11 yards. Mike Williams is out, um, gets Atlanta this week. He should hopefully be healthy. Do you guys, are you ready to fire the Keenan Allen wagon back up for this week um, for Nevermore? Yeah, maybe uh, maybe the Deshaun pickup can, uh, maybe they know someone that can help out with that hamstring for Keenan. Um, <laughs> not sure. You can always count on cause for some subtle, not so subtle dry humor mixed in where you got to kind of pay attention. Um, sometimes I miss it, sometimes I don't. Yeah, just a seamless integration <laughs> into that conversation. Um, no bigger Keenan Allen truther, I think, than me in, in the league. I love the guy. I think he's a great player. And I hope for my sake, with uh, being the Justin Herbert owner, that that this gets back on track here. It just seems with, with the injury history and everything that Keenan Allen's going to be one of those guys that kind of fades off into the distance sooner than later as well. I hope it's not now. I think there's still a little left in the tank. I think this might be the last year of it. I'm hoping that it can be uh, down the stretch here because we're going to certainly need um, – need that for Herbert it seems like the, the Chargers passing game has stalled out um, with him being out of the lineup so I, I think there's enough left in the tank for, for one more run here down the stretch happy to use this topic to brag about my team and the season we've had so far as I don't think I'm gonna have many opportunities rest of the season to do so I'm not sure Keenan Allen is the number two receiver in that offense anymore you have Eckler at one uh, poor man CMC as some would say and Mike Williams and healthy, and they've got some other pieces there. He, I don't know. So, something's not right with that offense, with Keenan Allen. I'm, I'm not sure where the blame is. I don't see him getting those meaningful targets anymore. I, I, I see him putting up some more of these Deontay Johnson lines, two catches for 11 yards, and I, I'm out on him. I'm out on the Chargers offense rest of the season for anyone that's not the poor man CMC. You guys want a good chuckle? Uh, the league I'm in with my dad. Third round pick for the Polish Falcons was Keenan Allen. So if you know anything about my dad, which I think some of you guys do, him owning a player who he took in the third round that can't get on the field, um, he said he will never draft him again. <laughs> yeah, so. he's on the do not draft yeah. list. He's pretty reasonable, though. Yeah. Um, all right, Bolt Weevils, I want to take a chance to shout out Bolt a little bit here. Um, drafted Tom Brady. Obviously, I think some people felt like there was still potential for Brady to have a similar season to what he had last year with the weapons in Tampa, but he took it early upon himself to go out and get Tua after his first two good games of the season, and it's paid off. Um, obviously, missed some time with the head injuries if you were paying attention at all to sports uh, sports radio, but 3-2-3 and three last week. Um, he's QB 14 with missing two games and basically being knocked out of one of them. Um, gets Chicago this week. Tua looks like he is, you know, it's been a weird year for quarterbacks. Looks like he's definitely a QB one, someone that should be out there and started every week. So what do you guys think about Tua this week at Chicago? Yeah, I think you got to dive deeper into that, though. I mean, he has missed a couple weeks, but hanging on the balance of two monster weeks there for for what's kind of yeah. keeping him up there. He's got a 50-point week. Um, and we'll, 
was a 36 last week. So at least it had been good. But, I mean, when you throw for 469 and six scores in one game, it's going to boost your, your rating a little bit. Um, still think there's some clunkers mixed in. I'm not sold that two is a great quarterback. Um, I think he has great weapons, which is obviously the next best thing for, for an average, what I think is an average quarterback. Um, so there's going to be some great games just based on the fact that Waddle and Hill are kind of unguardable together. And as far as this week against Chicago, eh, take a little lower scoring game against Chicago this week. I don't, I don't think it's a great week. Pencil me in for for more of a, in that between 15 and 20 point range for Tua. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a great matchup. Not that they can't beat the Bears, but there's no scenario where the Bears get up ahead super early and Tua's throwing it to get him from behind. To answer the question, uh, and, and agree with what you said, I, I've been very surprised by how good Tua's been this year. I, I did not see it coming. He is a surefire QB1 every single week where he's actually playing. Uh, lower scoring game this week, still puts up QB1 numbers. Yeah, I could see him being in the 18-ish range this week, but he has some decent matchups down the stretch. Um, so I think Bowles got uh, his quarterback rest of season there. So nice work by him to make that move early because I know I have Brady in another league and it's hard to move off him. I have Rodgers in another league, hard to move off him too. Um, you just keep waiting for the other shoe to fall and sometimes it doesn't. I'll take, um, I like Bowles' team, but I will take Nevermore in an upset this week. A um, little worried about Cooper Cup uh, and the injury. I'm also worried that Khalil Herbert is just the better running back in Chicago and that Montgomery's going to start to see less touches as the year goes here. Um, and as we mentioned, at, you know, even though we like to maybe a tougher game this week at Chicago, and that would also hurt Waddle. So I'll take Nevermore to pull off the upset. Yeah, Nevermore, looking at the roster here, kind of a 2-6, and six, but kind of one of those teams I feel like can play spoiler here down the stretch, and I think this is one of those weeks. Obviously, you get a big difference maker with the 21-point game out of your tight end, which is which is huge. I mean, you can get 21 out of your tight end spot. Um, you don't need a whole lot more big efforts from, from your guys. So I'm going to take Nevermore in a, in a pretty tight game here. Uh, I'm not going to overthink this one. Give me Bull. Uh, it's close, but I'll take Bull. All right, game of the week. Seawolves against Desert Dogs. Um, Seawolves looking to double me up like I did them in the 2018 championship game. Uh, 116 to 92 projection for the Seawolves. Got 24 from Hertz last night and almost 14 from A.J. Brown. Adding with them, it'll be Eckler, King Henry, Chris Godwin, Zach Ertz, Chris Olave, and Romeo Dubs. On the Desert Dog side, um, Kyler Murray, Ramondre Stevenson, Naheem Hines, Tyler Lockett, Devontae Adams, TJ Hawkinson, newly acquired by the Vikings, Taysom Hill, and Zay Jones. Run the two tight end stack out there. Um, it's a shame we won't have CMC in the first ever. Desert Dogs catch one, run one, throw one in game. Thought it would be Lockett, if anyone, but it ended up being CNC. Um, we'll start off with my team, and we'll talk about Hawkinson. 
Uh, Irv Smith goes on IR, so they go and make the in-division trade to get Hawkinson. Do you guys think there's uh, potentially some room for her, for him to do some stuff there in, in uh, Minnesota or nothing really to see? I think there's some room for him. Like I said, I'm not positive that it's this week. Um, just moving over um, freshly this week. But the Vikings have kind of been missing that tight end weapon. Obviously, you got Jefferson. You have Thielen, who's a good end zone, uh, red zone threat. You have Cook out of the backfield. They've been missing kind of that that tight end position where I guess Kyle Rudolph was was sort of a an okay play for a couple years, but haven't really had that that big difference maker. I think Hawkinson can kind of fill that role. I, I think he. I don't know that it's a big bump, but it's a better offense. I think. Should be more scoring opportunities. I still think Hawkinson slots into that five to eight range in the tight end, which is which is fine. Which is what you're asking out of him. I really like Hawkinson. He he's got that Iowa tight end pedigree. Just think he's a good player overall. One of those again mid mid season trades. Don't don't expect a lot early on, but long term. He's going to have better production in Minnesota down the stretch than what he would have had in Detroit. Yeah, I'm hopeful that it ends up being a good thing for him. Um, everyone's always been big Irv Smith fans, but it's never panned out. So, hoping Hawkinson can take uh, take that next step in Minnesota and maybe really become a super reliable tight end for me. On the Seawolf side, nobody loves to make predictions about a Rams game more than me. Um, the Rams are facing at wide receiver Chris Godwin on the Seawolf side this week. Rams have been known this year to play a soft zone. Uh, they're getting beat up underneath on the short routes, and that's where Godwin feasts. I think Godwin has a big game this week against the Rams. What do you guys think? Oh, man. I think I kind of agree with you. Um, still not sold on on the Tampa Bay offense but guy's been just a target monster hate to say it again but 12 13 11 the last three weeks gotta love that um seems to be the guy that Brady's trusting right now I think man maybe it's the homer in me maybe my pants are at my ankles but Tom Brady's gonna figure this thing out (laughs) he's figuring this thing out I, I just can't see it um, I haven't seen the saggy pants yet. Um, I still think there's there's one little juice left. Make a little run, get me excited for the end of the year. Um, disappointing playoff loss, but give me Godwin for a, for a decent week this week against the Rams, somewhere in the 12 to 15 point range. The amount of pa- pants at our ankles for how close we're all sitting is <laughs> very concerning as we continue to spread COVID to one another. I... Look, I, I, I like Godwin a lot. I think he's a really good player. Also, to answer the question, he does have a good week. I, I'm worried every week that Tampa doesn't get it together, that we're going to see like a Tom Brady injury that shuts him down for the no rest way. of the season. No way. And, and he just rides off into the sunset, goes back to dating Jennifer Aniston as, as the odds-on favorite. But to answer the question, Godwin has a good week. I love him. All right, um, 
we'll pick our winners. I'll take the Seawolves. I, I really wish I was fully healthy. And, uh, not injuries. Wish I had my full roster. I think we could have made a game of this one. Hines and Hawkinson get traded midweek and probably are non-factors this week as well. So I just don't think we have enough juice. But we hope to see you later on in the season, my friend. Yeah, um, for teams like me, definitely on the, on a, on the Seawolves cheerleading bench here, um, kind of me and you right now, big guy for the, the last playoff spot, fighting for it, trying to get in. Um, so I need a Desert Dogs loss, and it's a tough week with having McCaffrey and, and Lamb on the bench facing a, a pretty good Seawolves roster here. Um, but I wouldn't say disappointing, but a little under their averages for the, for the Eagles stack for the Wolves, but... Wolves have enough to get it done this week. So, give me the Wolves. Was hoping to get more out of the Super Stack last night. That's okay. I I still think there's enough depth throughout the rest of the lineup for, for Seawolves to take this one. One of those in early November. I like my team. Had this been a playoff matchup, I would have been doing SGPs on Kaz's entire lineup. All right, that does it for the Week 9 podcast. Thank you for bearing with us as we do it in an unorthodox fashion. Um, just just one more thing if we have time. Go for it. It doesn't feel like a complete podcast. We, we didn't talk about Jerry Judy at all. He's on we, by. We didn't talk about Commies football. RW1. The, the history of and the rich tradition of Commies football. So I just wanted to throw a shameless plug in there. RW1, yeah. Yeah, too many too many teams on bye this week. Six teams. The NFL needs to do a better job figuring this out. But We had to get this in, though. Sure needs to get his fix. We know he's going to be logging into this within five minutes of this getting sent out. So yeah. need to get some Friday entertainment for sure so we can get through his day. Don't forget, get your Reek and Diggs Super Stack SGP Pluses in. Uh, and you guys can thank us later next week. All right, enjoy this one. Catch you guys next week for week 10. Best of luck to everybody in week 9 except for King Henry.